2: It is Monday. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. But it, this
2: is going to come out on Wednesday.
0: <laughs> oh, this entire intro is moot. <laughs> the
2: entire thing. <laughs> I mean, I think we sang it with the exact. With the same gusto that, that anybody mom on the Papas does. Yeah,
0: but no, the same gusto that anybody
2: experiencing a Monday feels. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, if you're going to sing that song convey the Monday properly yeah. because <laughs> they were way too happy about it being Monday. and I would even argue that they weren't even that happy about it in that no. song oh they were not happy the entire time they were <laughs> together it, it is still like a fairly kind of like a Monday Monday yeah. even the way they sing it
0: it's very it's a very Garfield kind of song <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's the lost verse about lasagna. (laughs) They decided to cut that out. (laughs) That would have been the best part, though.
0: (laughs) Lasagna.
2: Well, okay. Well,
0: now we have to rewrite the entire song with lyrics about Garfield (laughs) and lasagna and how much he hates Odie and John's a piece of shit. Oh,
2: John is a piece of shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's a terrible person. (laughs) John
2: is shit.
0: (laughs) Give me lasagna. (laughs) <laughs>
2: la 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 lasagna, lasagna. did it we all already right, did it. it all right we well, it. Great. well great well i guess that's end of that <laughs> welcome to rock candy and we thought we didn't have an intro for today <laughs> uh, We just rewrote a song about carfield <laughs> In the stylings of the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, your weekly podcast bringing you amazing covers of Mamas and Papas songs. Delicious
0: lasagna treats.
2: And delicious, delicious lasagna treats of music stories. There you go. Yeah. We're your hosts. <laughs> I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And yes, this week we we are talking about the Mamas and Papas, but more specifically... Cass Elliot. Cass Do not call Elliot. her Mama. <gasps> no? Don't call her Mama. Oh, was that not... Okay. After she got
0: out of the mamas and the papas, she's like, "I'm not Mama Cass. Don't call me that." Oh, she shit. literally had a TV show called "Don't Call Me Mama" anymore. <laughs> oh my god! There's so
2: much I don't know. There's so yeah. much I'm gonna learn. And today. that is
0: the shame about it all because Cass Elliott was like, "She's fucking tits, man. She was. I great. mean, she definitely
2: has had tits. She had tits, and they were great. And she had great tits.
0: So, um, we're here to educate you about Cass Elliott today." And me, and you, and everyone.
2: <laughs> the general you is yeah. real today. Yeah, everyone should know about it. And per usual, going on this journey with us is beer.
0: Beer brought to you by beer.
2: <laughs> Rock Candy Podcast, unofficially <laughs> brought to you by beer. Pretty much, none yes. of these breweries want to be associated with us.
0: None of them have tried.
2: Booies, yeah, and just oh, home well. start runner it. Booies Swong bad. Let's go to a booie. <laughs> get out of here home star runner i don't uh, want to go to a no friggin' brewery i'm sorry i'm not sorry go to a rave with the cheat hell yeah but yes yeah, so this week i am drinking captain lawrence brewing company hire me <laughs> <laughs> uh Powder Dreams, which I yeah. assume is from California Dreamin'. That and also
0: her solo album is called Dream a Little Dream of Me. Oh. So there you go. Mama I think Cass. I think they're referencing like like snowboarding. <laughs> oh, they are definitely referencing but snowboarding. <laughs> for for the purposes of our
2: show, they're referencing Mama Cass. Excuse me, Cass Elliott. It is a Napa, a New England IPA, mm-hmm. so you know. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, it really is. It's fine. I've
0: had some really good stuff from Captain Lawrence. Honestly, so. yeah, Captain
2: Lawrence is usually, I trust them,
0: and I'm pretty sure that they are like the official beer of the Renaissance Fair in New oh, York.
2: Oh yeah, which is kind of kind of cool. Not only is it a Napa, uh, it is dry hopped with Mosaic Lupulin. Lup- oh, that's lupilin, right. Oh yeah, that's lupilin, right. Yeah, that, Lupulin are- powder. That's the powder that turns you into a werewolf. So I'm going to become a werewolf, which is great. And also Azaka and Ella Hops. I, I like this journey for you. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Also, that sounds like like weird magicians' daughter's names. Azaka <laughs> and Ella Hops. I wanna These write are like Aleister a-
0: Crowley's like long lost daughter. <laughs> Mr. <Mister> Crowley.
2: <laughs> His granddaughters, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: all Definitely. right with that.
2: I like this journey for them. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So yeah, that I I got the dream thing because
2: it's always dreams with these people. It's always dreams. Always dreams. But those '60s, those '60s kids, man, they're always dreaming. Fucking weirdos. Fucking weird kids on those LSDs with their dreams. <laughs> the, LSD dreams.
0: Doing the dopes and the LSDs. <laughs> Giving <me> those LSD dreams. <laughs> um. So yeah, like I, I. So there's this podcast. It's called. You must remember this. Oh
2: yeah, I've listened to a few of them. It's it's hit or miss. It's a
0: weird podcast. She's got like two hundred and something episodes. Episodes. Yeah. So I've learned a lot from some of them. I have. Yes. Yeah. Um, the older episodes I feel like are a lot better than yes. the newer ones. Yeah. Because I don't want to be critical of it because I I don't want to be critical. Of a podcast that has a female narrator and who also does, like, the research. Yeah, no, she, that's the thing is I respect her because she puts a lot of work in it. She puts so much work into it, but the narration style is just, like, her diction is weird. it's so weird because she talks like. And it's so weird because I know I get it. She's trying to do like this old Hollywood thing, but she just she just doesn't really know
2: how to do it. But also to her credit, she does do the research and she does write her script in such a way that you are still captivated. Yeah. So I would suggest giving it a shot. Her Manson series was very good. At
0: least listen to the older episodes.
2: Oh, and she had a little series on Madonna, too. That was quite good. Yeah.
0: And. The most recent, like, story arc was... I can't remember her name, but she did somebody in particular. Mm -hmm. And then she did another series before that where it was, like, 10 episodes. And in each episode, it was about um, a female musician or actress or something. And something very interesting about that person's story. Hmm. And... She chose each episode because another female writer had written, like, an essay or something on that topic. So she had that person come and narrate that episode. Oh, that's cool. So it was, like, it was kind of nice because it was, like, ten episodes where she was not narrating. Right. But she was
2: also, like, giving exposure to other women. Which is awesome.
0: Exactly. And she had one woman on who did an episode on Cass Elliot, Carney Wilson, and fat shaming in Hollywood. And she did a phenomenal job with Cass Elliot's story and like the progression of fat shaming from like the fifties and sixties up through now. And like Carney Wilson's whole story Mm -hmm. with it. Cause she's had super struggles. So it was, it was really nice to hear it and like have a different take On Cass Elliot, because anytime you hear Mama Cass or Cass Elliot, all you think of is fat lady. And it's like, can we just not, like, totally just talk about her weight? Right.
2: The whole time? So, my interesting take on this is that, yes, you know what? A few years ago, if you said Mama Cass or Cass Elliot, I thought sandwich. I thought ham sandwich. Always. Always. Always the ham sandwich, which I'm sure we'll get into that. Oh, we will. So we're not going to spoil that. However, now I think Dan Aykroyd, uh, yeah, because in our one we of had our first a very ghost sweet... story episodes, he, Dan Aykroyd was convinced he was being followed by the ghost of. Yeah, Mama because Cass. he
0: had bought <laughs> ca- he bought Cass's house in Laurel Canyon, mm-hmm. and he was convinced that Cass haunted that house. That's amazing. But he would just basically be like. Now, nah, this is cool in like Spooner on that's the bed. What is
2: that in Spooner? He would he'd be like, Oh, it's Cass's ghost. Cool, let me Spooner it on the bed. Is <laughs> the fucking weirdest, sweetie, but like weirdest, but sweet. Yes.
0: Like, yeah.
2: Fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So that's what I think about now when I think about Cass Elliot. Right? So. Which is adorable. Good for us. Pat myself on the back. Right. And she would have fucking loved that. Right? She would have loved like, spooning with Dan Aykroyd.
0: She's like, alright, Danny Aykroyd. <laughs>
2: let's Danny get boy, going. let's do it.
0: Yeah. So, that <laughs> podcast, that episode in particular was like the impetus for me to want to do this episode. So, what you're saying is we're gonna get mad a
2: lot this episode. We're gonna get
0: fucking pissed. Alright, well. We're gonna get so angry we're gonna want to just pout in a corner.
2: So, I guess, like, this is a heads up. If you don't, like, women podcast hosts or women getting mad about women being treated like shit or like women swearing. Yeah. This probably isn't we're, for you. We're
0: giving you the chance to turn around now. Yeah.
2: Don't come for us with your one star reviews <laughs> about us being dumb feminist. Just fucking walk away. Yeah. Just walk away. Let it let it go. Let it go, man.
0: Fucking frozen your life away. <laughs> <laughs> So, on top of that podcast, I also um, read this book called Dream a Little Dream of Me by Edie Feigl. I think that's how you say her sure. name. Sure. But let me tell you.
2: Oh, no. I
0: fucking hated this book. Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, there's not a whole lot of books written about Cass. So, I only had so many to choose from. Right. So, I chose this one because it had, like, the most reviews and it was, like, the most legit looking one. hmm And I didn't like it, guys. Uh,
2: okay. So, don't read like, it.
0: Uh, I mean, it was an easy read. She, it was written very well. Cool. However... It should have been titled the biggest woman in rock and roll that overcame everything, despite how fat she was. Uh. Because it didn't look at Cass Elliot as an artist. It looked at her as a fat woman whose every single problem in life stemmed from her weight. And oh, yeah, she happened to be good at singing. Like. <laughs> oh, so
2: we are going to get. I'm mad already. Like,
0: Great. It, she gave way too much space To people that were friends with Cass that were like, she was disgusting, but she was funny, so I was still friends with her. And, like, paragraphs upon paragraphs of quotes from people who were just like, I wouldn't have fucked her, but she was funny. And it was so infuriating. She very much tried to be like, yeah, but she was, like, fat lady and she was trailblazing, kind of. But, you know, all these other dudes in her life were just like, she was a fat slob. It was just so anger inducing. And I kind of wanted to throw my Kindle across the room, which I can't because that's how I read my notes.
2: (laughs) That's also how you read your books. Yeah. You very much. Man, your Kindle has never seen so much use before.
0: Seriously, it's, it's not a good Kindle, but it's trying. It is God snacking it as much as it ever did. (laughs) <laughs> so but anyway so that's my complaints about my sources about okay this. okay so let's
2: get like into this let's let's tell a nice story where we once yeah. in a while get really I mean, mad it's not gonna be nice okay let's tell a story let's where we just get mad tell a, a story
0: where, where we get mad a lot yes all right so like i said to you specifically shortly after i started reading the book the author the author was trading ridicule for sympathy yes that isn't helpful no Fat people don't need sympathy. They need acceptance. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to say the word fat a lot because guess what? You can say the word fat. Yeah. Fat like, is not a bad word. Fat's not a bad word. It's not taboo. Fucking fat. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great. Accept it. Yeah. Anyway, all too often books, documentaries, and old acquaintances paint Cass Elliot's existence as something to pity. Mm. The poor fat girl that desperately wanted somebody to love her. The poor fat girl that was jealous of her gorgeous bandmate. The poor fat girl that choked on a ham sandwich and died.
2: (laughs) It's so stupid. It's really dumb, guys. Guys. So stupid. Guys. This is what we like held on to for 40 fucking years. You're right. We did, though. Also, like, for what it's worth, like, her bandmate was fine looking.
0: Michelle was Very pretty. Yeah. But Cass was pretty too. Yeah. And she dressed phenomenally. Mm. Fashion. Mm. But her life wasn't tragic at all. It was the people in it that were the tragedy. It was her untimely and horribly ridiculed death that was the tragedy. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that still, to this day, we know Cass Elliot more for her being overweight than for her talent. And that needs to change.
2: And here we are.
0: So here we are to do it. <laughs> Ellen Naomi Cohen was born in Baltimore on September 19th, 1941. Her parents, Philip and Bess, were the children of Russian Jewish immigrants and were quite political. Cass and her two younger siblings, Leah and Joseph, were encouraged to participate in political discussions, even as children. Dag. With Bess, Bess and Joseph keeping them informed of everything going on in the world. And mind you, this she was born, like, right before the United States entered World War
2: II. Yeah. So I can imagine the politics, especially was, for a Jewish family.
0: Yes. Was a little lot. Yeah. They <laughs> definitely wanted their children to know, like, this is where you came from. Good. This is what your relatives are like. This is what's going on in the world. Good. Financial struggles were the norm for the Cohen family, as Philip was always involved in some ill-fated business venture, usually a deli or restaurant. Uh Oh, Because of that, the family moved around Alexandria, Virginia area often. Mm, Eventually, when Cass was in high school, he hit the jackpot when he opened a mobile food stall that sold quick meals to construction workers building a nearby mall.
2: Oh, that's smart. Yeah,
0: it was like one of the first like food
2: trucks. Oh, now I'm hungry.
0: I know. (laughs) I want some fucking cheesy tots like
2: hard i right would now. cut a bitch for cheesy tots <laughs>
0: i'd be shanking bitches for you cheesy know tots. her dad had the
2: best cheese tots
0: so actually, i should know so good were they very
2: uh orthodox jewish
0: no i think they were pretty you know
2: oh actually they could goosey. they can have cheesy tots they just can't have cheesy meats yeah they can't put bacon on those cheesy tots yeah it's just basic cheesy tots which would have been perfect for me yeah all right all
0: of us i'm signing up for i'm it. fucking into it <laughs> Up until she was seven years old, Cass was an only child. She was the center of her family's attention and would take any opportunity to sing and dance for anyone with eyeballs. No. After all, her parents loved music too. Bess and Philip would sing harmonies with their respective families as kids, and Philip even aspired to be an opera singer.
2: Oh, that's lovely.
0: She also got an education in rock and roll first with Elvis, and then, of course, the Beatles. Wait
2: a minute. Was it the Ed Sullivan Show? Yep. No Just way. like fucking everyone on the universe. In <laughs> just the universe. like even the Beatles. Yeah, just, the Beatles were even
0: inspired by the Beatles on the Ed <laughs> Sullivan show. Who would have thought? But Broadway, it always held a big portion of her heart. Oh, yeah. She was definitely a Broadway girl. You know, if she you're
2: going to like sing and dance in front of anyone oh, who's yeah. willing to watch that means you're a Broadway baby. She was
0: the girl that was like really into musicals. Like she listened to musical soundtracks.
2: She was that girl singing on my own from Les Mis, just like in the hallways, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we get it. You can sing. Yeah, stop taking all the parts in the school plays. God. And then you lady. look at the teachers, and you're like, maybe if you just like tried with everyone else, <laughs> no,
0: no, okay. okay, I see. The same
2: three people can get the leads in every play. I it's see fine. where
0: your loyalties lie got it. Cass's struggles with weight started when Leah was born. Hmm. Although Cass loved her siblings, it was difficult to go from an only child to one of three.
2: Oh, yeah. Especially
0: after being on your own for like seven years.
2: Those are the most formative years too, so you're used to being on your own and then all of a sudden it's like, bam! Yeah,
0: it's like we're going to take half of the attention that we were giving to you and give it to this other
2: person. And then, like, what? A couple of years later, like, hey, you know that half? It's going to be a it's little a less now. It's a third now. now. <laughs> oh, you're, like, in high school and can, like, do your own thing. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. She was sent to live
0: with her grandmother for a short time during Leah's birth. Oh, wow. And her grandmother indulged her. She got praised for having a healthy appetite, which continued after she got back home. So she learned to associate good feelings with eating. And to a child of only eight, the best thing you could do to please your parents, especially after World War II rationing ended, mm-hmm. was to have a healthy appetite. oh yeah, yeah and it, and like Jewish families they definitely have like a
2: culture that is surrounded by food. oh, their holidays are very food centric yes.
0: Um so deliciously like
2: deliciously food centric. <laughs> oh my god. So if,
0: like Rugola is like the best thing ever. I
2: don't know. You give me a plate of Hamitashin and, and I'm just i'm
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway also she was she wasn't sent to live with her grandmother because of any like behavioral issues it was because she got ringworm and it is very contagious and she couldn't be around like a newborn
2: baby with oh ringworm. no but back then like getting worms was kind of common wasn't it because like <laughs> why no right like i'm just, i'm not even saying because like everything was dirty yeah I we mean, weren't yeah. like clean the way we are now yeah I know but that's I a very weird statement. Everybody know. got worms back in the 40s. You know what? We all have worms. I wish. That c- can that be the name of the episode? We all have worms. Well, we all have worms. <laughs> Turns out. Look, everybody gets a worm here and there. It's fine.
0: Everybody gets worms. Like, kids get Just worms. Just like so Spider Man. <laughs> everybody, everybody gets one, one. Everybody, everybody gets, gets worms.
2: worms. No, seriously, like kids are filthy, and like back in oh, the day, yeah. what else did you do but like run around outside? And if you're in like yeah. the woods and the dirt, especially
0: back then, you literally
2: just rolled around in dirt. And, like you rolled up onto a worm, and they crawled up in your butthole. <laughs> that's how you get worms, right? It, you that's, know, that's, that's exactly
0: every child did. That's not how you get worms. <laughs>
2: uh, but yes, you know what? okay. Back in those days, she had
0: ringworm. <laughs> Because of her weight, she stuck out as the fat girl in school. Oh, no way. Remember, the obesity epidemic in the U.S. didn't start until the 1980s, and before then, overweight people were an anomaly. Mm. Still, Cass wasn't that big. By the time she was a sophomore in high school, she was five five and 180 pounds. But in- Oh, that's nothing. That's not- um, That's not fat.
2: But was it the 50s where they introduced the presidential fitness test? Yeah. Which is fucking bullshit. Yeah. And that's like also bullshit. But that's when they really started to push fitness with kids in high school. And yeah. And uh, elementary school even.
0: Where it they really started to drill it into people's heads that like fat is bad. If yes. you're fat, you are like low
2: class garbage. And I think back then they started to even push the diet pills that were just basically oh. like fucking... Oh. No, oh, we'll get there. Never mind. We're getting there very okay. quick. Okay. Super Speed and quick. bullet. Hold that thought. Put a pin in that. Get right back to it. Pins in
0: it. You know, she accepted it, being the fat girl. And to compensate, she created a big, jovial personality with razor-sharp sense of humor. Because it's okay to be fat
2: as long as you're funny. As long as
0: you're funny. As much as she tried to fight her weight, she used it as a jumping off point for jokes, making sure she made fun of herself before others could do it. Yeah. Which is what a lot of bigger ladies and gentlemen do. Yeah. When she was 15, she enrolled in George Washington High School in Alexandria, Virginia, but she had a hard time making friends. Not only was she the fat girl, but she was also the Jewish girl. Oh, no. Yeah, she couldn't escape being different and therefore
2: left out. Shouldn't we, like, maybe not make fun of people for being Jewish? I mean, we definitely shouldn't make fun of people for being fat either. Neither one of these things are things that somebody should be made fun of I'm just saying, like, we're pretty fresh out of World War II. And I understand them not being sensitive to fat. But But can you be sensitive to Jewish Why you gotta make fun of her for
0: being a Jewish? It's almost like like, Americans are
2: racist.
0: I don't think we're I don't think she was necessarily made fun of for being Jewish, but she was, like, obviously Jewish. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, back then, everybody had, like, this idea that there were specific facial features that you had to have. It was the nose, wasn't it? And you were labeled Jewish. It was the nose. It was the eyes. Yeah. Like,
2: her... <sighs> it was her frequent references to her ajada. <laughs>
0: But we don't categorize them like that anymore. Totally not at all. No. She had a chance to turn things around when her parents moved the family back to Baltimore in her mid-teens. She enrolled in Forest Park High School, but again, as much as Cass tried, she couldn't infiltrate the Cool Kids Club. Yeah,
2: fuck the cool kids. They're boring anyway. They are,
0: but in the 50s, in in a school like Forest Park... It was everything.
2: Was Forest Park a bougie school? Yes. Oh, no. Yes, it was. It was
0: big. It was bougie. And it was clicky. Mm. And everybody wanted to be in that click.
2: Eh, fuck them.
0: As a way to get their attention, she would make up stories to make herself sound cooler than she was. Okay. Like, we, everyone does. We all had a friend like that that was just, like a pathological liar some of liar. us were that friend <laughs> some of you are like you know that's <laughs> fine like we all saw through your
2: bullshit but we still like we're friends with you anyway Just pat you on the head and be like sure yeah someday you'll shake this weird mm-hmm. self-esteem thing that you have Sure,
0: your uncle owns a golden helicopter sure <laughs> somebody literally told me that once. i feel hilarious. like that'd be too heavy to fly it
2: would be it's not
0: real okay <laughs> This was something she continued to do into adulthood, even in interviews and on TV. In an effort to help her lose weight, Cass's parents sent her to a psychologist. And this would have been unheard of in the 1950s. Like, you didn't go to a psychologist, period. Mm
2: -hmm. Unless you were, like, legit legit crazy. crazy.
0: Um, So to send your child to a psychologist because of her weight problems, that was, like... That didn't happen. Yeah. The cast's parents thought there could be some benefit to her talking about her eating issues. Okay. Like, super progressive.
2: No, I mean, that's great. Also, like, maybe not eating issues. Maybe just, like, Everything? she's fine. Yeah. And, like, everyone else is
0: a douchebag. Exactly.
2: Bingo. Because it's not like back then we snacked the way we do now. It's not like we had the food that we do now. We didn't have snacks. Like, it's not like we had TV and video games the way we do now. Like, I doubt she was that sedentary. Sometimes you just gain weight. Right. And I bet she didn't have an eating disorder until everyone told her she had right. an I eating mean, disorder. She
0: really did like food. Like, food was a thing. But, like, when fast food became a thing, she was all in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. But at the same time, n- this this was new. Like, TV dinners were new. Like, processed food was mm-hmm. new. Fast food was new. Nobody understood that you needed to have these things in moderation. Oh. So when she saw these things and was like, yeah, these are fucking delicious. Yeah, I want, like, five hamburgers from McDonald's. She was like, cool, I can do that. Yeah. Because nobody knew that that wasn't good granted i think stories like that about her were deeply exaggerated oh i'm sure but still like if she went to a fast food place a couple times a week that's not healthy we know that now but in like oh but the way they
2: promoted that shit in the 50s and 60s in
0: 1955 nobody knew that no so yeah it's all fucking bullshit yes Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yes. Unfortunately, they also sent her to another doctor that put her on dexatrine. No. Dexatrine is straight up amphetamines. Yes. And was touted as a wonder drug to help people lose weight. It's not. So teenage Cass was wired out of her mind in school because of the dexatrine and it didn't even help her lose weight. That's
2: some bullshit. It
0: didn't do anything. It just like made her wired as fuck.
2: I took this Dexatrine, and all I got was this fucking crazy insomnia.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically. And oh. all I got was
2: an eventual drug
0: addiction.
1: <sighs> Eventually,
0: Cass found her way in school with the theater geeks. Yes. She realized her destiny was to be a performer. Yeah. So she auditioned for Summerstock, landing a small parts in plays like The Boyfriend and prior to Broadway. Oh, Summerstock. Yeah. Mm. In case you don't know what Summerstock is, it's basically just like playhouses that would have seasons during the summer and
2: every high schooler slash college student like that was what they where they spent their summer oh yeah if when they were, were real serious about theater if you
0: were a f- serious theater geek that is what you did during the summer
2: yeah a good handful of my friends from college spent their summers at summer stock
0: i worked at a place like that
2: oh we for
0: a summer a summer <laughs> in the box office never coming back never again She fell in love with musicals and told everyone that she was going to New York to become a Broadway star. Fuck yeah, Cass. She even dropped out of school a few weeks before graduation with plans to move to the big city. Why? Just fucking graduate. Just just graduate. Just
2: graduate. That's dumb. Every time I hear a story... Or we have somebody who who dropped out right before yeah, graduation. Yes. So like just why graduate? Just
0: graduate, god damn it! Just get the stupid like, degree just to have it
2: because you know what? You've been through enough.
0: I seriously, you you have suffered this long. Just get the diploma Suffer to be like the next
2: three weeks to get that fucking diploma. Proof,
0: proof that you fucking did it. Yeah, you survived. After saving up as much as she could, she moved to New York. She fucking did it. She did it. She promised her parents that if she didn't make it in five years, she'd move back home.
2: Wow. She had a very long threshold.
0: Most very kids long, do not. Right? Five years is five like, years? like a long time. Yeah. I read that and I was like,
2: five years. That's <laughs> that's like forever. That is forever, especially for like an 18-year-old.
0: Right. And with that, she was off to make it big. After moving, she changed her name to Cass Elliot. In true Cass fashion, she told many people many different stories about how she got the name. Mm. Some say her father started calling her Cass when she was a kid and Elliot came from a friend who passed away. She would later tell people her real first name was Cassandra. (laughs) It wasn't. No. At all. It's not. Either way, she hit the ground running in New York. She scored gigs in West Village clubs like Showplace and The Dugout, where she always made a big impression, if not with her glorious voice, then with her outfits. Ooh. It's true. At the time, she wasn't a fashionista. Even in high school, she dressed for impact, not beauty girl would wear Bermuda shorts with high heels and opera gloves to school, and she continued dressing like a weirdo on stage. Yeah, picture that outfit. I am, and it's (laughs) so fucking weird. Yeah, but it's great. She dressed to start a conversation. The zany clothes made heads turn, but her amazing voice made sure they kept looking. Mm. But... Things weren't going as planned in New York. No way. (laughs) It's so (laughs) weird. Though Cass toured with the Music Man, she lost a part in I Can Get It For You Wholesale to Barbara Streisand. (gasps) The Barb? The Barb. The Streisand? But before, the Barb was the Barb. My God. So when her father died in nineteen sixty one, Cass took that as a sign to move back home. Oh she started taking classes at American University, where she finally found a group of like minded weirdos with whom she fit right in. She Wait, wa- how could she go to college? She didn't finish high school. She got her GED. Good for her. But actually, before she moved to New York City, her parents made her take night classes so that she could get her her GED or her thing, whatever.
2: You know what else you could have done? Just finish up that last three weeks. Could have just finished. <laughs> this, is, this is a message to you kids out there. Just finish it. Yeah. If you're that
0: close. Just finish. If you're that close, just finish. But you know what? Pull out when it's time to pull out.
2: Oh, yeah. But it wasn't time to pull out yet. It wasn't. <laughs> pull out right after graduation. Yeah. You got that fucking paper yeah. in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woof.
0: So, yeah, in college, she hosted a popular college radio show, played some gigs in the D.C. area, and started making very important connections. One of those connections was Tim Rose, a D.C.-based musician that was looking to start a new group. Ooh. He was blown away by Cass's talent, and in the spring of 1963, he convinced her to move to Chicago with him so they could take advantage of the city's burgeoning folk scene.
2: Ooh, nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They formed the Triumvirate with another musician, John Brown. Very strange. I don't know what that means. Triumvirate means like a a trio. Like a, a three-person force, so
2: it's a triumvirant.
1: Triumvirant.
2: Triumvirant. The Rembrandts. V- whatever. <Lil' laughs> she, to- started the she
0: started the Rembrandts. She started the Rembrandts. I almost started singing. <laughs> the
2: fu- but then I almost start singing the Full House theme song. None of this makes sense. <laughs> That's not the Rembrandts. <laughs> hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. It
0: hasn't at all. <laughs> your love life is DOA. Definitely. <appreciation> Aww. The dynamics of this group were a bit odd as Cass was in love with Tim Rose. Oh, no. Who didn't feel the same way about oh her. Oh, no. This is like a, a repetitive thing. And John Brown kept trying to drunkenly fuck Cass after their shows. But then, like, once he got sober, he would deny it. Oh, come on. John Brown seems like a piece of shit. Anyway. <laughs> When it became (laughs) obvious that the group couldn't hold themselves together, Cass and Tim left John behind and formed a new group. They recruited another musician from Nebraska, Jim Hendrix, and called themselves the big three.
2: But not that Jim Hendrix. Not that Jim Hendrix.
0: (laughs) Different Jim. Very different Jim Hendrix. The three of them found that they sounded great together. They had easy harmonies that blended well, and Cass's witty onstage jokes were a hit. Oh, there was no doubt that Cass was the star of the show. No one had seen a bigger woman fronting a band before—not a folk pop band, anyway—and she was the draw. Even if people were watching her because she was an anomaly. Okay, but something. But it's. And something. at least she owns it. Yeah, and people loved her for it. Good. The Big Three moved their act to New York City and released an album in October. It didn't do that well, but the group did land a gig on The Tonight Show and toured with David Crosby pre Stills and Nash. Well, shit. Yeah. Things were great during the first six months, and then the cracks started to show. No. I should also mention that this is when this was the first time that Cass and David Crosby met, and they became fast fucking
2: friends. Not fucking friends, but Not- just fucking friends
0: fast comma fucking friends no fast, fast no comma fucking friends fast hyphen fucking hyphen friends sure
2: you know what they didn't fuck they didn't fuck fast fucking friends without the fucking exactly there it is yes <laughs> <laughs> tim jim and Cass weren't getting along oh no wait was Cass still in love with jim tim Fuck. Why are there so many? <laughs> but
0: like, yeah, but no. Like, Cass's struggles with depression became more evident around mm. this time. Like, JFK was assassinated around this time. Oh. And she also, like, hadn't really dealt with her father's death mm. properly. So when JFK died, all of that came flooding back. And it was just like never-ending tears. Interesting. So... Because, like, everybody kind of looked at JFK as, like, this... America's beak, dad. Like, America's dad and, like, a beacon of hope. And then he was killed and it was, like, everything came well, crashing down. And his
2: death was insanely violent.
0: Oh, yeah. In public.
2: Yeah. So... And it is the 60s. Like, they aren't desensitized the way we are. Right. So I imagine seeing something We can like- literally look up snuff films on the internet. Like, yeah. right now. Just Google it. We, So
0: like, we're very... It's like, it's no big fucking deal.
2: I mean, there were people who watched January 6th and were like, yeah, that's cool. Where I feel like, you know, if that were to happen in the 60s, it doesn't matter what side of the line you're on. Yeah. You're going to be like, that's not cool. Like,
0: we grew up with faces of death. Do you really want to fuck with us? Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> we fucked around and we found out. <laughs> we found Actually, out. I'm sorry. Y'all fucked around and we found out. out.
0: And then we learned from
2: it. Yeah. So Hopefully. Hmm. Some of us
0: yeah, so she dealt with mood swings and crying spells, and the only person that could help her out of it was David Crosby. And like, in his old age, David Crosby has become a curmudgeon of bullshit levels. Oh. But this makes me think that at some point, he was an okay guy. Yeah. Like a
2: young Crosby.
0: Was okay. He's fine. He's a nice dude. A swinging
2: 60s David Crosby was the David Crosby I would have liked to have known. Yeah, he's probably just smoking a couple joints and having a couple brewskis and saying, like, hey, man, let's be friends. But,
0: like, 2021 (laughs) pandemic David Crosby is somebody I want to punch in the fucking face. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) Cass would struggle with depression for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. This was not a one-off thing. And Tim was growing frustrated with Cass. If she wasn't depressed, she was pulling what Tim called a ploy for attention, Mm. where she would get such horrible stage fright that she'd develop laryngitis and couldn't sing. And she would make a really big deal out of it. So whether she actually did have laryngitis is questionable. And this was also something that she that would like come up throughout her life. Mm. So it's kind of hard to. To tell whether it was just like super bad stage fright, which is totally fucking legit. Or if it was something she was lying about to get attention because she also kind of did that stuff too. So it's hard to tell what she was actually doing. But Tim was convinced it was all just bullshit. I feel like the truth is
2: probably somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, because like... This could all be because Cass was clearly the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Even though Tim was supposed to be the leader of the band, mm. he didn't like that someone else was taking the spotlight. All right. So the resentment drove a wedge through the group with Tim on one side and Cass and Jim on the
2: other. Oh, shit. So she had Jim. Yeah. Okay. To make things worse, Cass and Jim got married. Wait, wh- oh, all right. That was left. That was left field.
0: Not because Hi. not because they were in love. Oh. But because Jim was in danger of being drafted into the Vietnam War. Oh. If you were physically fit to be drafted, mm. the only way to get out of it was if you were a teacher or married. And he actually was a teacher, but he gave up his license to, to go be- on the road with the group. Oh. So his only
2: Choice here was to get married. And Cass figured, I don't want you to go to the war either. So, right. And let's like, go.
0: he had a girlfriend at the time, but I guess she just wasn't willing to get married. Interesting. But Cass was more than happy to do it. <laughs> Even though they never had any sort of intimate relationship at all, she was all like, Yeah, I want to marry this tall, handsome dude. Fuck yeah. And then she could go and tell everybody, yeah, that's my husband. You know
2: what? That kind of reminds me of Mm -hmm. Muriel's wedding. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. I just got so sad. She just married. She said. She murieled herself. She did muriel herself. You're terrible, Cass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cass offered herself up as a sacrifice and the two secretly married at the end of 1963. At some point, they had to have gotten divorced, but of I course. don't know when they did. After the Vietnam War. Probably. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cass was off making new friends. Sometime in 1963, Cass met the man who would be the object of her unrequited love for the next decade, no. Denny Doherty. Denny, Denny, Donny. No, it's definitely Denny. Okay. He was a Canadian musician on holiday in the West Village and was thoroughly bowled over by Cass's voice. I like that he was on holiday in America. I did that specifically. They spent the first evening literally drinking each other under the table. Oh my god, that's amazing. Cass dragged him under after several shots of whiskey where they giggled and matched wits for hours. Aww. The two became super close friends. They spent as much time time together as possible and if they weren't together they were talking on the phone for hours though Cass would be deeply deeply in love with Denny for years he immediately zoned her
2: oh no Denny come on Donnie come on Denny what are you doing
0: Cass and Jim visited Denny in Canada at the end of 1963 and just from casually jamming they realized their three voices sounded great together so Cass and Jim left Tim behind and started a new band with Denny, John Sebastian, and Zalianovsky, the latter two of whom would eventually start the Love and Spoonful. Oh hmm. Together, they formed the Mugwumps. Sure. Fantastic <laughs> names so far.
2: Like oh, yeah. spot on. Somebody was reading some Tolkien and took liberties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, the Mugwumps is um. Algonquin for the good land. No, it's not. That's oh, Milwaukee. Oh, um, <laughs> like, what? no, Mugwumps is apparently Algonquin for the important ones, oh. which happens to be what like
2: Republicans started calling themselves because, of oh. course, of course, they would, and not an indigenous person in the Republican Party in mm. sight. Weird mm.
0: Mm. crickets, mm. crickets. Mm.
2: The Mugwumps
0: did well, even signing to Warner Brothers in the mid-60s. Good for them. But they only lasted eight months. Not good for them. When they failed to create any buzz or chartable hits, Warner Brothers decided Cass's weight was the problem. I'm
2: gonna flip Mm -hmm. this table.
0: Yeah. They suggested she lose weight and offered to pay for a 30-day health clinic, which is basically just a fucking fat camp. Cass rejected the offer, and her bandmates supported her decision. Oh, that's wonderful! I have to say, Denny was a very supportive person. Of Cass loved her just the way she was, just didn't want to fuck her. That's fair. Yeah, though Cass seemed confident in her decision
2: internally, she was a wreck. Oh, I bet she took- weird. Yeah, somebody who keeps like when everyone just keeps like shaming you too for fat. your weight kind of wears down on
0: your psyche a little bit
2: like nobody cares that like you're an amazing singer you're totally fashionable like you're charismatic charismatic oh but you got like a little chunk in the middle so i like need to not like you now yeah your double chin makes me want to vomit like fuck you i'm gonna punch you in your vomit i swear (laughs) to fucking god i will
0: punch that vomit back in your mouth down back into your stomach that's the baby yeah there you go (laughs) She took all the criticism from Warner Brothers and put it squarely on her own shoulders. Mm. She felt like her weight was a problem, mm. even though outwardly she acted like it was no big deal. This was the beginning of a crash diet roller coaster that would last throughout her life.
2: Let me tell you right now, as someone who's done a lot of crash diets, they don't usually like work the way you think they're going to work. No. Even if you lose the weight. You really fucked you, up your body. You
0: literally, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you fuck up your body, and that yeah. is definitely going to be a thing <sighs> in a little bit. Cass was again out on her own while her BFF Denny joined a folk band called the New Journeymen. They had. What ar- happened to the
2: Old Journeymen?
0: <laughs> well, they had originally just been the Journeymen, <laughs> but after the group split in 1960, it's like I can, like I know what your questions are going to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's like but, we've been doing this for years.
0: <laughs> but after the group split in 1964, main songwriter John Phillips revamped the group. He brought in Denny as well as his wife Michelle, a twenty a seventeen year old model from Wait, Cal- Denny's wife? No, John's wife. Oh. John was like twenty eight, and Michelle was seventeen. No. She's no. a 17 year old model from California with a gorgeous face, but very little talent. Weird. Hmm.
2: Bet everybody loved her.
0: Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to put this no, on the show. No, you're right. You're this
2: right. Is you're right. 100% John Phillips. You're right. He is a bad man. He's a bad man. Yeah. John Phillips, you're a
0: bad man. Very bad man. Denny had known John After meeting him on a previous tour, and he knew that the new Journeymen would greatly benefit from the addition of another great singer, Cass motherfucking Elliot. Yeah. But John didn't want her in the group. Nay, nay. Weird. Why not? Mm, Nope. Nope. See, John is what we call a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. (laughs) He was part of that group. Oh. Paid membership. It was obvious that both Jenny and John wanted Michelle because of her looks, because although her voice was nice, it was thin and weak. Yeah. Cass, on the other hand, had a fucking great voice, mm-hmm. but John didn't want her in the group specifically because of her looks. No matter how you cut it, both women were judged solely on their looks, not because of their talents. You
2: know what? You're right. John can go eat a dick. Yeah. An entire bag of them. Let me tell you how much John can eat a dick. All right. Side note. Side note.
0: So in the late 2000s, I think like 2007 or 8. Okay. His daughter, Mackenzie Phillips, came out to the press and said, I had an incestuous relationship with my father for years, starting when I was 19. Yeah. He'd been fucking his daughter. Who? what the actual fuck starting on the night before she was supposed to get married and lasting for like years and or no it started when she was nine or it started when she was 13 and lasted until she was getting married okay so it
2: started when she was very young no no i'm wrong
0: i'm so sorry i'm getting myself confused no i think it started when she was 19 and lasted for like eight or nine years after that and then she told her 13 year old sister Ah, uh, Bijou Phillips, who is also an actress. Love that name, Bijou. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah. Um, and told her about it, and like, told like a couple people about it, and everyone was kind of like, "What?"
2: And she's like, "Is this wrong?" And everyone's like, "Yup." And she's like, yeah. "Should I stop doing?" It? And they're like, "Yup." Yeah.
0: Um. So it lasted for several years, Jesus and then fuck. she didn't say anything until like 2008, I think. Oh. Um, and then everybody else came out and was like, I don't believe her. I don't believe anything about like Bijou Phillips was like, no, I fully support my father. So very, um, hard to figure out who's correct, but I'm, I'm tending to believe Mackenzie. I'm going to believe the victim. Why? Why would she say Why would you ever? He had been at this point, he had been dead for like seven or eight years. So like what, what? Yeah. What was the point? Yeah. So, wow, yeah. yeah, that was fucking gross. So that's disgusting. John Phillips can thoroughly get fucked. No, he can he in can. whatever hell he is living in right yeah. now. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Seriously. Anyway, Jesus. John's excuse was that Cass's voice was too low and didn't harmonize well with the rest of the group, which was a lie. Total fucking. More lie. is
2: like. The detector determined that was a lie. That was a
0: lie. <laughs> Michelle remembers it differently. She said that Cass didn't want to be in the group because she didn't want audiences to see her and Michelle next to each other and then have to choose between the two. Also bullshit. That,
2: that doesn't even sound like a thing.
0: No, nah, that sounds like orc mischief to me. <laughs> it's definitely orc mischief. One hundred orc. 100% orc mischief. Either way you cut it, John didn't want Cass in the band. Yeah. So when John, Michelle, and Denny went to the Virgin Islands for six months on a quote-unquote vacation, must be nice, Cass tagged along in an effort to plead her case. Her supporting depositions were acid and more acid.
2: She just <laughs> brought all the acid. But guys, have you seen my friend Drugs? <laughs> Opens her trench coat,
0: like lined up Rolexes. I don't know if you've ever
2: met Acid, but they are a lovely time.
0: Mm. Cass made it damn well known that she was what the band needed. She, She was, though. She was. She popped up at all their rehearsals, eventually proving her worth. John couldn't deny that not only was she a really great singer, but she made the band. Of course, oh. yeah, oh. because all of those lovely harmonies that you hear, those mm. are all Cass. They're not really Michelle. Like, Michelle sang on it, but she didn't have a v- that great of a voice, but Cass had a fucking voice. Yeah. So Weird. Of course, there's an urban legend surrounding all of this, perpetuated by Cass herself. What? She persisted the rumor that she was hit in the head with a lead pipe, and all of a sudden she could sing like an angel, and John couldn't deny her anymore. Wait, I'm confused. What do you mean? She said that she was hit in the head with a lead pipe, and then all of a sudden her voice improved by three octaves, and then John was like, oh, you sound great. Now you're in the band. Okay, but she was already good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They just right. She just wanted a story, and she gave him a story. She's wacky. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's wacky. I like it. <laughs> and so the new journeymen turned into the mamas and the papas.
2: Den- Interesting. Yeah. Wait. So she's Mama Cass. Does she become like Mama Michelle? No, they only Does he become Papa John? <laughs> <laughs> he- Probably did become Papa John. I John's. would 100%
0: believe that John Phillips was the namesake of the worst pizza on the planet. Yeah. I fully support that. Yep. Yep. That's what right. It is. That's it.
2: Figured it out. He's not dead. He is literally Papa John. He just comes <laughs> back to life every time they make a pizza. Reincarnated. Every time Shaq buys a new franchise, he gets reincarnated. <laughs> just reincarnate every time you take a take a dip of that garlic sauce for your crust. <laughs> oh my. Anytime
0: a drunk 21 year old just it's like dips I just a garlic need mat, I Need it, man. It's like I'm alive. <laughs> so yeah, now in the Mamas and the Papas, Denny was lead, John was the songwriter, Michelle was the face and mm-hmm. Cass was the, the voice and personality. Yeah. They seemed like easy easy and natural roles, but it was difficult going. Up until now, Cass had been in groups where she was the only woman. She didn't have any other female competition. Mm. But now, in the Mamas and the Papas, she had to compete with Michelle Phillips. But, like, you didn't have to compete. You didn't have to, but, like, in that kind of situation at that time, kind of felt like you had to.
2: No, it was definitely... A, it's a thing of the time. Yeah. I get it. And
0: Michelle was... The literal definition of a 60s babe. Oh, yeah. Skinny, blonde, beautiful, and a literal model. Oh, yeah.
2: Though, (laughs) like, an actual model. And I don't know how much younger than Cass, but younger than Cass, right?
0: Yeah, by a a handful of years. Okay. Cass was in her early 20s and Michelle was 17.
2: Fuck that. Never mind. That's not a big difference. That's not that big of a difference. Not huge. Yeah, no, not at all. No, no, no. Though Cass and Michelle became
0: fast friends, it fueled Cass's insecurity and destructive dieting. Oh. She was unable to put her insecurities aside for the betterment of the band. They signed with Dunhill Records in 1965 and released their first single, California Dreamin'. It would become a huge hit and the band's signature song and also an anthem for hippies flocking to California. All the leaves are all, all the leaves. And bright. the sky is gray. And the sky
2: is gray. <laughs> Sound just like Mama Cass. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it wasn't a big hit right away. They expected Los Angeles to grasp onto the song like a Sunshine State anthem, Yeah, but it was a radio station in Boston that started spinning the song in heavy rotation. After that, the song shot to number four and stayed in the charts for 17 weeks. But by now, Denny and Michelle had started an affair, <gasps> and John's growing shitty behavior meant the group was going downhill quickly.
2: That's, like, crazy on two levels, because it's like, Cass is in love with Denny, uh, yeah, and then it's... Michelle's married to John. But Denny and Michelle are fucking... My gourd. Yeah. This is Jerome's. Yeah,
0: totally. Following California Dreamin', the band released their full debut album titled If You Can Believe Your Eyes and Ears on February 28th, which was just yesterday, as of this recording. Oh, happy in anniversary. 1966. Math. Do 50? it. Fifty-five. Five? Fifty-five years ago. That is like a full retiree ago.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
0: Yeah. All right. From that album, they also got a huge hit out of the song Monday, Mon. Monday. Mon- Monday, Mon- Monday, <laughs> Monday, Monday. That song became the group's only number one hit. And the oh, album shit. went to number one as
2: well. Yeah. I did not know that. You would have thought California Dreamin' would have been number
0: one. I it did not
2: because when I think of Mamas and the Papas the first song I think of is California all, the leaves, are all brown, the leaves are brown and the sky is gray
0: and the sky is
2: gray <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm Tony Clifton singing <laughs> California Dream the <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: oh. leaves are gray <laughs> <laughs> That was a very good impromptu impression. I have to pat myself on the back for you that. You should.
2: You should. I'm <laughs> proud of you.
0: The Mamas and the Papas were only together for two and a half years. No shit. Yeah. What? Only two and a half but years. But like everyone knows the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, because of California Dreamin'. And oh, they had shit. like three really like decent hits in those two and a half years. And the entire time was for a rot with drama. John was a cruel piece of shit to Cass, constantly criticizing her fatness, mm. made fun of how she smelled and how close together her eyes were, com- what, the f- what? completely unfounded bullshit. He even wrote his insults into their songs. <gasps> the most famous blow being the line, and no one's getting fat except Mama Cass in the song Creaky Alley. Which was a hit for them. Creaky Alley, it's like a, a signature song. I... And literally, what? at the end of every verse, every verse they go, and Nobody's getting fat except Mama Cass. Yeah.
2: Yep. I? How did she not burn them down? Like all of them, just lock them because... all in the house and burn them down? Because that was what she was doing her
0: entire life. She was making fun of herself for being fat. Before anybody else could. So if they make fun of her, it's like, oh, I
2: get it. It's funny. I'm in on the joke. So
0: he was doing it to be mean. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's a funny joke. You should put that into the
2: song. Because if she looks like she don't care, it it Mm. doesn't. It's not as effective for him. It
0: softens the blows every time.
2: Softens the blow. And it kind of does probably fuck with his ego a bit, too, because he probably thinks I made a funny joke. And she's like, no, that is funny. You should put that in. He's like, yeah, I wanted to piss you off. Because I like, hate. Because apparently, like I hate fat people. Like
0: what? I mean, he was a fucking twig anyway. So I maybe, guess, yeah. maybe
2: he should eat a fucking cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> you know what? I don't like you because you're too skinny. But you know, what? no, that's rude. No, don't, it is no, rude. Do,
2: don't I'm not. Do, don't I'm only doing it. Shame people. Either. I'm only doing it to John because I want Cause him to take his fucking medicine. <laughs> like. I want him, even though he's dead, but like the... the To suck it anyway. Suck it in hell, John You know what I mean? Like, like I hope that my sentiments get back to him. He's like, wow, these hurt when they go in the reverse. Maybe I shouldn't have made fun of Cass. Yeah, now you know how it feels, you asshole. (laughs) Thank
1: you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of John's behavior can be chalked up to intense jealousy because... The fatness that John saw in Cass became the group's most recognizable asset. Yeah. People remembered her. The big girl in a flowy dress with thick brown hair stood out against the gangly normies flanking her on stage. And not that, but like, her hair? Fantastic. Delightful. No one had seen anyone that looked like Cass before in folk music.
2: No. Because when you think folk music, even today, you're like wafy white people
0: Joni Mitchell Joan Baez who may
2: or may not brush their hair yeah lots of beards beards a
0: lot of unkempt beards in that mm-hmm. genre So she became a star and a beloved one at that. She got the most fan mail and she interacted the most with fans at shows. Because she's a nice fucking person. Yeah. People loved her, but that doesn't mean they were 100% nice to her. She could sing her heart out and people would still call her the fat girl from the Mamas and the Papas. Because they're like, well, no, she's fat. You know, the fat one. The fat one. And Not the
2: one who could sing. The fat one. The fat one.
0: And Cass and John's beef aside, there were even bigger grumblings within the band threatening to derail everything. Michelle and Denny had started their affair, but both John and Michelle cheated on each other all the time, and they were almost always found out. Inevitably, Michelle and Denny were found out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John was infuriated and felt betrayed by Michelle, but Cass was absolutely devastated she had been deeply in love with Denny for years and she shared a closeness with him like no one else she genuinely thought that that would eventually turn into a relationship but the fact that he
2: was hooking up with her friend and bandmate crushed her her friend and bandmate who she was constantly comparing herself to yeah. so
0: when the love of her life started screwing her instead of hooking up with Cass, oh. who he honestly, at, at, afterwards, like Denny really copped to the fact that he was leading Cass on. And like they would be, they, she shared like a closeness with Denny. And there were other guys that she shared this kind of closeness mm. with. um, That was completely uncomfortable incomparable to anybody else Mm -hmm. and like they would go on like her rooftop and sit there and watch like stars in the city and hold hands and stuff so of course she's going to take that as yeah eventually he's going to fall in love with me whereas he's not even thinking about that oh god but he's also not thinking that like this could totally be interpreted as i have feelings for you
2: i have the same feelings that ralph did in that simpsons episode where lisa like made him a valentine because she felt bad for him and he thought that she liked him and she didn't know how to say like no but i don't fucking like you exactly. and then she said it on live tv and bart's like and this you see it right there that's the exact part yeah. where his yep. heart broke yep and i'm like denny is lisa oh god yeah. oh i just feel so fucking bad and like i feel like everyone can relate to that feeling too mm-hmm. of like Especially when you're younger, like probably high school, even college, where Mm -hmm. you're like in love with this person, and you're like, one day, they're going to fucking see me, and we're going to be in love. This was meant to be. And then you're like, oh, Oh. no, they're not. You're like, oh, fuck. Most of the time for me, it was like, oh, they're gay. (laughs) (laughs) I think for a lot of women. Yeah, that's probably. Actually, yeah, nowadays, it was like, fucking Cass needed Lizzo at this moment. If we could ever abuse the time machine, we're going to take Lizzo, and we're like, we're we like, need you to go to talk to Cass. And she's like, I'll talk to Lizzo. Cass. You know Lizzo would talk to Cass. And be like, what do you do with this motherfucker? Fuck You're this so this much guy. better
0: than that. Also, you need self-esteem. Let me give you some self-esteem. And then she's
2: going to just play her flute for it. <laughs> Cass, Elliot's going to be like, this is beautiful. God, can you it.
0: imagine Lizzo playing flute and Cass <laughs> singing along to it? I would die. That'd be a good mashup. That'd be wonderful. John and Cass should have been able to commiserate here. But John was not capable.
2: Yeah. No, I would have never pictured them being yeah. old to commiserate.
0: Not only was he still a sizist asshole that hated Cass for her weight, but now he resented her for being the most popular member of the band. Oh they could have been allies, but John chose to climb Dick Mountain instead.
2: <laughs> I mean, I could be your friend, but ooh, Dick Mountain.
0: Mm, no. I like me some Dick
2: Mountain. Get on top of that
0: Dick. Dick Mountain, Mountain kind of sounds like a newscaster from 1966. <laughs> so, <laughs> John and Michelle had a trial separation, but eventually got back together. Huh. And they continued recording their second self-titled album in 1966, which was inter- interrupted when John discovered Michelle was cheating again with Gene Clark from The Birds. Why? Wow. <laughs> you, John. So this prompted the group to fire Michelle in June 1966, only to rehire her in August because her replacement, Jill Gibson, didn't have the
2: charisma.
0: Did Michelle have charisma? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, she did in her own there, way. There is
2: like a sense of synchronicity, I'm sure. And she
0: always seemed like she was happy to be there. Okay. So. And I'm...
2: I mean, Cass- She's fine. Cass was her friend. I don't know what happened after she found out about Denny,
0: but yeah. Cass did the heavy lifting. Like, and also when she found out about Denny and Michelle, she was just like, gotta pick myself up and keep on moving. And that's what she did.
2: Fucking graceful Mm. bitch.
0: Meanwhile, Cass made the rounds on the scene, building up a network of friends simply by being her fun, witty self. Her home in Laurel Canyon became the center of the LA music scene. Presumably, the house that Dan Aykroyd then purchased
2: <laughs> continues to spoon Cass, even
0: today, spooned Cass's, uh, ghost in there. He doesn't own the same the house anymore. Oh, he only had it for a short amount of time. But anyway, she had her fair share of flirtations with big names like David Crosby and Eric Clapton. But relationships never materialized, Mm. probably for the better.
2: Oh. Honestly? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's not to say she didn't have suitors. She became pregnant with her only child, (gasps) Owen Elliott, through a one-night stand with Charles Wayne Day, the bassist from The Band. Capital capital T, capital B. The The Band. Band. She kept his identity a secret, evading norms by becoming a single mother. So, Look, girl,
2: always been invaded norms. She's like, seriously. whatever. At this point, who gives a shit? Fight
0: me. Cass's <laughs> daughter, Owen Vanessa Elliott, was born on April 26th, 1967. And Cass became determined to lose weight so people wouldn't make fun of Owen for having a fat mom, which is the wrong reasons. And she did it the least healthy way possible, which was starvation. No. She That doesn't even work. It doesn't. She fasted for four days a week, only drinking water and maybe having an occasional glass of orange juice. Friday through Sunday, she would have one meal of steak and vegetables and as a treat, a cup of cottage cheese in the
2: morning. First of all, the amount of self-discipline. I can't imagine. Because I've tried that. Like, I tried to do this starvation thing in college once. I gave myself a migraine after, like, 24 hours. Oh, yeah. My body was like, you're a dumb bitch. You can't do this. And I'm like, what? Your blood sugar plummets and you instantly get a migraine. And I had never had a migraine before. That was the worst fucking day ever. Migraines fucking suck. And then I learned about (laughs) migraines. Turns out, fucking with your body, your body will fight back. Yeah.
0: Your body's like, nah, bitch. Mm. I need food. (laughs) Weird. Maybe just be
2: happy with yourself.
0: I'm, that's harder no. said than done. No,
2: I know it is. That's, but that's like, just your body trying to help you out, though. Just don't starve yourself. Yeah, just don't starve yourself. Period. Yeah, that's fine. Like, you can figure out
0: another way. Yeah. She lost 70 pounds. but Wow. But that is a lot, though. It is a lot. But, of course, she quickly gained it back because starvation doesn't work. No. Kickstarting years of extreme yo-yo dieting. And. No. She also picked up a heroin habit. No! We are still zero days days. without heroin incident. Yeah. She picked up a nice old heroin habit. (gasps) Since she was dating a drug dealer, Pick Dawson. Yes. Pick Dawson. Thank you. Was that his real name? It was a nickname. Oh, okay. It was like something Pickton Dawson or something. Oh, okay. They just called him Pick. Okay. While Cass was making questionable choices... John and Michelle organized the Monterey Pop Festival. Oh. The festival spanned three days from June 16th to 18th, 1967. I would love to do an episode on this because Mm. it sounds like a shit show. It was basically Woodstock before Woodstock. right? And much like Woodstock, it was a fucking mess.
2: But also, like, this is where Jimi Hendrix had a big show. Mm -hmm. And this is also where they discovered Janis Joplin. And Mama Mm -hmm. Cass was like, (gasps) yep. I love her. I know. I love the footage of Cass seeing (laughs) Janice singing. She's like, my God, who is this lady? It's so cute. I fucking love it.
0: Oh, my stars. (laughs) Oh, my stars. (laughs) The mamas and the papas headlined, and it was evident that they did not rehearse. John and Michelle were too preoccupied planning the thing, Cass was off being a mom, and Denny arrived late because he had a newfound drinking problem. Yay! What? Yeah. Yeah. Drinking problem. That same year, they released The Mamas and the Papas Deliver. The single Creaky Alley chronicled the band's history and became another hit for them. The band's full two-year history. (laughs) The whole two-year. No, like... (laughs) chronicling like how they all came together
2: oh okay and how mama Cass is fat exactly yeah fuck you
0: hey guys she's fat did you know that let me let me repeat it five times in this Mm. song but it hit number five on the u.s charts which is pretty good no problem this meant they were still press darlings so when Cass was arrested in (gasps) late 1967 the press was all over it oh my Though the group had decided to take a break at this point, they went to England to perform at the Royal Albert Hall per a previously signed contract. As soon as their boat docked in Southampton, England, Cass was arrested. Her official charges were for skipping out on a hotel bill and stealing some towels the last time she was in England.
2: Hmm. Sus. I'm. What? Yeah. What? Hmm. this is so sauce. But really,
0: it was so the police could question her about her boyfriend Pick,
2: Ugh.
0: who the police thought was involved in a drug smuggling operation. We. Two years later, she'd be interrogated about Pick again, but under much more sinister circumstances. It was thought he was involved in the Manson murders because he was the drug supplier for some of the victims. Oh. And John Phillips in his infinite wisdom perpetuated the rumor by insisting the murder the murderers wrote pick on the wall of the Tate house
2: instead of pig. They wrote Pig, they you definitely wrote mother pig fucker. He just wanted the attention. Yeah. He just wanted oh. some. Look oh, at yeah. me, mm-hmm. look at me. I'm John. No yeah. one likes John. I write all the songs.
0: Mm, I'm John. Cass is
2: fat. I write all the songs. I, Pay
0: attention to me. She. I
2: know the chick who dated their drug dealer. And like this <laughs> is all their. This is Cass's fault because she's fat. This
0: is one hundred percent john's thinking i fucking hate (laughs) john
2: i'm so glad he's dead (laughs) fight me
0: she was held overnight at the scotland yard station but eventually the charges were dropped after she gave no information to the cops (laughs) it was a reason to celebrate but john made sure to ruin everything no way on the night she was released the band had a party for her to celebrate her Not getting charged for anything. Yay! At the party, she was recounting the tale of her arrest to Mick Jagger when John started yelling that she was lying and it didn't happen that way. Cass exploded at John and left the party. She was done. She quit the band. Good for her. Fuck
2: John. John's a
0: fucking piece of shit. Yeah, like, fuck John, though. Honestly. The relationships of the rest of the band members were on even shakier ground than before and the group decided to privately call it quits.
2: Yeah because here's the thing. A what are you going to do without Cass? But Mm -hmm. B like she was the most well adjusted out of all of you. Yeah. And she has a heroin problem. (laughs) (laughs) Look at your life. She's on heroin. Look at your choices. Yeah. Choices. I don't
0: think they actually announced their official um, breakup until like 1971. Something like that. But anyway, they still released their last album, "The Papas and the Mamas," in May 1968. Actually, I think that's wrong. I think they released another one after
2: that. But I always just remember anyway. the one record where they're all in the water. Yeah, I don't remember which one that is. I, think I don't that's either. The Papas and the Mamas, but it could be wrong.
0: Eh, I don't... A fan can correct me. Yes, it didn't do well at all, um. but it was no matter to Cass. In October she was done. In October nineteen sixty eight, she had released her debut solo album, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Yay. The first single was a cover of the classic song of the same name and did very well on the charts. It's actually a very beautiful song. I will look that up. With Cass's version becoming the standard. The cover of the single even featured her nude, which was incomprehensible move for a bigger woman at the Honestly, time. Honestly,
2: I'm a little shocked, but just for the exact reasons that you said, it's like good for fucking you. Yeah, it
0: was the nude cover was Cass's way of flipping society the bird. She wanted everyone to know she was big and she was okay with it, even on the inside. Even if on the inside she wasn't. Right. She was a deeply. Lonely woman that just wanted a man to appreciate her intelligence and wit, but love her body, too. But social norms made it certain that she wouldn't find that. So she continued dating shady characters They used her for money. Oh. Inevitably, her money started running out. In order to keep herself afloat, she... Because drugs? Because drugs. Okay. She agreed to take a three-week residency at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas in October 1968. That could be fun. It looked like a weird move for her, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I was she- trying to be positive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was a counterculture flower child, related more with the swingin' 60s than the Rat Pack, which is what Vegas still was at this point. Oh... Uh. People didn't understand why she would headline a show that was so mainstream, but Caesars was offering her forty thousand dollars a week. Yes, which, you take it. Which translates to about two hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars a week in twenty twenty one money. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, fucking take yeah, it. Yeah, fucking take it. In anticipation for the show, Cass embarked on another unhealthy diet. No. She dropped nearly a hundred pounds. What? Yeah, and she was like, she was three hundred pounds, and she dropped a hundred pounds, so she two hundred pounds in six months, ish. Not healthy. That's really quick. But she developed an ulcer and couldn't make it through any of the rehearsals. Oh. On opening night, she developed a fever and laryngitis, and was so nervous that she shot up with heroin just so she could step on stage the show of course was a disaster no she forgot lines her voice was barely audible and she was miserable the audience even the celebrity guests that came to support her began leaving mid-show
2: I'm sure that's hard to watch like it's hard to watch Very. someone even if you care about them like it's... I can't watch you embarrass yourself and anymore. also
0: like totally demoralizing for her
2: because like
0: even like Jimi Hendrix was like nah I'm not gonna stay for this oh no Bye. yeah reviews were cruel Compared and compared the show to the Titanic. No, they went so low as to criticize her thinness, saying, if the show was bad and she wasn't even fat, what was there to see?
2: Uh, I, I can't, literally can't win for losing. But honestly, like, but that's what, that's fucking, that's, it's still like that today. Oh, yeah. You get judged for being too fat. You get judged for losing too much weight. You yep. get judged for being too thin. You get judged for gaining too much weight. Yeah. Like, you get judged for having a baby. You get judged for losing the baby weight too quick. Like, there's but no But then you get judged for not
0: losing the baby weight quick enough. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Hey. I kind of
0: feel... Like, this is very similar to what Rebel Wilson is going through at this Mm. point. Because, like, I find myself even judging Rebel Wilson for losing weight. Yeah. And... I didn't even know she lost it. She lost a ton of weight. She's pretty thin now. She's, like... She's thinner than me now. It's pretty thin. And, like, she looks great. But from the beginning, she was like, no, I'm losing this weight so I can get better roles." I'm losing this weight so that I can be a leading lady and no. not just like the funny you fat You should be tick. able to
2: be a fucking leading lady without losing all the fucking weight. Yeah. You should be able to be a fucking singer, songwriter, star without having to fucking lose all yeah. the weight. Like, this so, is like, bullshit. Don't change for them. They need to change right, for us. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I think it's great that you're losing weight and you
0: feel better about yourself. But I don't like the reasons for why you're losing no. weight. That's awful. It's so hard. It is. It's so it's so hard to be supportive of somebody when they are doing something for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, what they're doing is good, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. She was horribly embarrassed. Mm. She canceled the rest of the Las Vegas shows and went back to L.A., claiming she was going to get a tonsillectomy, But she probably didn't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, the Caesars disaster plunged her into a deep depression and her drug addiction got significantly worse. So I'm pretty sure she just kind of stayed in bed and did a lot of drugs. Oh, no. (laughs) For the next few years, Cass guested on any TV show that would have her. She had her own variety specials like the Mama Cass television program and later Don't Call Me Mama Anymore. All right. She even guessed it, like I, okay, it.
2: I won't. All right. She does not want to be called
0: mm-hmm. mama. She even guessed on kids shows like Puffin Stuff and Scooby Doo. I love Puffin Stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: Just it's, the name. It's weird.
0: <laughs> but no matter how much she tried, she couldn't get people to talk about anything but her weight. Oh. Interviewers focused on it, full of backhanded compliments like, "Oh, well, you're not unattractive." Her oh. You look like you've lost weight. Oh, but
2: you look good. It's like, thank you. Because I'm a fucking monster. You're large, but like you're not completely unattractive. You have a pretty face. (laughs) You have a... Oh, oh, that gets me so angry. But you have a pretty
0: face. Yeah. You have a dumb fucking face. (laughs) You (laughs) do have a dumb face. (laughs) It didn't help her self-esteem or kick her drug habit. In a haze of coke and heroin... Cass married donald van weidenman heir to a bavarian barony in 1971 oh, okay oh, 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 am i yeah I, I don't know but the sure. marriage only lasted a few months oh wow okay they were quite high through most of their time together presumably divorcing when the high wore off and they oh, no. realized what they'd done
2: oh did we get married oh fuck. Fuck. we should probably get divorced yeah. before like but the i works like, really difficult i like don't like you when I'm sober. <laughs> so. Maybe we
0: shouldn't be married. Hmm. By now, Cass not only had an addiction to heroin and prescription drugs, but she now relied on Nembutal, uh, a barbituate used to treat anxiety and insomnia that is. To help sleep. Particularly dangerous when combined with alcohol and other
2: substances. No. Not helpful. I think that was some of the same stuff that um, Johnny Cash would take too. Sounds about right. That yeah. was kind of like the drug of the time mm-hmm. for yes. people who like would get high too much and then yes. couldn't sleep, so yes. you have to take that to calm yourself down. Yeah,
0: they had not learned about the Flewitt Mac method.
2: Yeah, the cognac doesn't <laughs> stay in your system nearly <laughs> no. as long. You usually, just puke that right out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Skits on variety shows always had fat jokes. Usually delivered by Cass herself. she would It's go- fine because she's saying Yeah, them. even though somebody else wrote them Ugh. for her to say. Gross. She would go along with the jokes because she had no other choice. If she made a stink, she'd be labeled difficult. It was exhausting, and there were times when she would go back to her hotel after the shows and cry her eyes out. Aww. But then she would pop another pill or shoot heroin and everything would be fine until she had to do it all over again. <sighs> And she could only handle so much. In 1974, she tried to turn things around. She went to psychotherapy five days a week. She got sober and started losing weight the healthy way. Exercise, moderate diet, and no drugs. Oh, my gosh. That sounds great. All of this sounds fucking fantastic. This is
2: super great. What the fuck happened?
0: She began talks to star in her own sitcom, a new and exciting avenue she hadn't gone down yet. Okay. The last few years of guest starring on late night TV had prepared her for exactly this. She even went back to Vegas for another, less formal show that received positive reviews, so much so that she toured the U.S. with that show. Oh, that's awesome. On the outside, things seemed to be looking up, but inside, her body was working against her. No! Michelle stopped by Cass's house one day so her daughter, China and Owen could have a play date. Aww. Because they were still friends.
2: So is China the daughter of John
0: and Michelle? China is John and Michelle's daughter. Also one third of Wilson Phillips. Wow. She is one of the Phillips. She is the Phillips in Wilson Phillips. No shit. Yes. All right. Someday somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Say goodbye. Tell them, maybe. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Okay. Michelle found Cass on the floor, unable to get up. Oh no, she was fine, but it was a scary episode, especially for someone so young, like was what she thirties f- uh forty just about
2: thirty thirty thirty
0: one yeah she was That's very young fucking
2: young
0: Cass collapsed again backstage at the Tonight Show in april nineteen seventy four she dismissed it as low blood sugar because she didn't eat enough, but she spent four days in the hospital.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Many suspected Cass was using drugs again, but according to Owen, these fainting spells were the result of years of crash diets putting strain on Cass's heart
2: to a point where it would couldn't function properly. Yeah, that can 100% happen. Mm-hmm especially because she went through such extremes oh yeah like super it wasn't extreme. like 20 30 pounds it was We're 100 a 100 pounds right yes. right and like, she was larger like she was around 300 pounds and went to like below 200 like, yeah and
0: lot. then like gain 50 back and then we lose another 70 and then we gain all of it back plus some and then yeah. like- i'm
2: sure she broke her thyroid somewhere in there oh, absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah Cass made an appearance on the Mike Douglas show and then went to London for a two-week stint at the Palladium. She stayed at—wait for it—I'm waiting—Harry Nilsson's apartment. <sighs> Fucking Harry Nilsson is that like was, infiltrating that was your everything.
2: Cass, Cass, that was your mistake. Why would you yeah. ever stay at Harry Nilsson's yeah. apartment? And this
0: is why. anytime Harry Nilsson got brought up in our Beatles episodes, I was like. Harry fucking Nilsson. Harry fucking Nilsson. He's how is he in all of this? His apartment is cursed. It is. I swear to God. <laughs> anyway, anyway, she stayed at his apartment where Keith Moon was also living, but Keith graciously took his bullshit somewhere else okay. so Cass could have the place to herself.
2: That's nice. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Keith Moon, who would also <laughs> eventually die in this apartment. Yeah. One of her intents at this time was to lose weight so she could have gastric bypass surgery, oh, which was yeah. a pretty new procedure at the time. This yeah, was 1974. I didn't, even know. I, didn't, I, didn't realize. I had no idea gastric bypass was this old. old yeah, I I had no idea. Same. She was told that she needed to lose more weight in order to have the surgery, so she again went on a crash diet. Oh. No. This time, she cut out all white foods
2: okay so that's like carbs probably mostly like rice bread potatoes yeah stuff like that yeah
0: she lost a significant amount of weight again but it was obvious she wasn't healthy Mm. during the palladium shows she often had to stop and catch her breath something you wouldn't imagine someone needing to do if they just lost a bunch of weight yeah it was very strange she performed her last Palladium show and despite not feeling well, almost like she had the flu, she went to Mick Jagger's 32nd birthday party in Chelsea. Oh god, 32nd. 32nd. This is how old we are. My god. How old this story is. She then party hopped, going to a cocktail party in her honor and several Aww. other stops. Though she apparently didn't drink at any of these parties hmm. before going back to Harry Nelson's apartment in the early evening on Sunday. Okay. So she was out for like two days, day and a half, two days. And didn't drink. Di- apparently didn't, didn't drink. did do drugs.
2: Correct. Okay.
0: One of her- I s- mean,
2: arguably, if she's trying to lose weight, she's not going to want to drink. Right. Because so.
0: that's you're not supposed to drink if you want to lose weight, right. which I, apparently I can't get through my head.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Same. <laughs> One of her assistants was also staying with her, and when she got home, she asked him to fix her up a snack while she was in the shower. He did just that, making her a ham sandwich, since that was all that was left in the refrigerator to make. He poured her a glass of Coke and set them both on her nightstand by her bed. He checked on her later that evening and found her lying in the bed, naked, sound asleep and snoring. So he closed the door and just let her sleep. Okay. The next morning, Cass seemed to be sleeping late. There's two different stories. Like, some say her assistant um, checked in on her. Some say that, like, her manager or something, whose name is Dot, like, couldn't get a hold of her. So she
2: came to the apartment okay. and checked in on her. But the general consensus is there was concern that she was not yet awake by someone right. who is professionally related to her. Right. Okay.
0: So they came and checked in, found her still in bed, having passed away overnight from, quote, fatty myocardial degeneration due to obesity. Basically, heart failure because
2: she was fat. But that is fucking sus. Because didn't she, she's lost a lot of weight at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I don't know what a lot of weight looks for her. Cause I don't like, like tracking someone's weight gain and weight loss is a fucking journey. So at
0: this time she weighed about 220 pounds.
2: That's which not.
0: I'm, I'ma be real real with you right now. Not a whole lot more than what I weigh.
2: When I was in college, I weighed like 230, 240. Yeah.
0: It's... So that's not. And she was two inches taller than me. So 220 really isn't, especially by now standards, 2021 standards, it's not that big. It's not? And she's 32? She's only 32. Yeah, no, that's... All this is sus. This is so sus. Yeah. She was only 32 years old. Her death was not caused by her weight. The fact that it is literally written on her death certificate that her cause of death was due to obesity, is infuriating. And disrespectful and bullshit. Absolutely. So she was 32. She weighed about 220 pounds, which really isn't that big. It's not. The only thing that makes sense is that her crazy crash diets that she ended up going on were probably the cause
2: of her heart failure. Look, um many years ago i guess several years ago at this point i read this book called health at every size and honestly for anyone who um has interest in weight or whether it's like weight loss weight gain whatever or just like have a curiosity about trying to become um just Healthy
0: at whatever size you yes, are. Yes. Thank you. Without necessarily losing
2: weight. Right. And really just becoming more comfortable with who you are and just becoming healthier. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking great book. And I love it because it's written by a woman whose last name is Bacon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to trust her. Yeah. It's a great book. And she does write how crash dieting, yo-yo dieting can wear down on the heart. Yeah. I 100% can. And you know what? Years of crash dieting broke my thyroid. Yeah. And like a bad thyroid can lead to other fucking problems. Like, and this is only the 70s. So who knows what else was going on in Cass's body right. during this time? It was probably a bad heart, but it could have been bad blood pressure. And it could And also have drugs. Been... It could have been anything. It really could have. I don't think it was because she was 32 and weighed 220.
0: Yeah, no. If she was 32 and weighed like close to 600 pounds, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. The ham sandwich, it must be said, was left completely Untouched. Oh,
2: no way. Like, almost like she probably took a shower, was too exhausted, passed out in bed, and died overnight and didn't even touch her food. Yeah. And maybe, if anything, she died because, like, low blood sugar and, like, didn't have enough food in her system. Probably. Oh, weird. Hmm. Dr. Anthony
0: Greenberg, a London physician, was the first to examine Cass after her
2: death. We're like, Dr. Anthony, go fuck yourself.
0: (laughs) To the Daily Express, he said... From what I saw when I got to the flat, she appeared to have been eating a ham sandwich and drinking a Coca-Cola while lying down. A very dangerous thing to do, which it's fucking not. This would be especially dangerous for someone like Cass who is overweight and who might be prone to having a heart attack. She seemed to have choked on the ham sandwich. All of that is complete bullshit. That is like saying if I just drop dead tonight and like happen to have like a Taco Bell wrapper in my garbage, (laughs) somebody saying she died because she ate some Taco Bell and then like died in her sleep. But then, like, we could sue Taco Bell for liable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like, no, why aren't we
0: suing Oscar Mayer over yeah, here? But it's like somebody, like, seeing that and being like, oh, well, she was, like, technically obese. So she died because she ate a taco and then went to sleep. That's fucking bullshit. No, your fucking thoughts are ignorant
2: and yes. dumb.
0: Yes, absolutely. And this, this is a fucking doctor saying this. Of course it is. I'm sorry. Doctors was fucking worst. Yeah. Especially in the 70s and especially to women. Yeah. For decades after her death, Cass Elliot was still known mostly for her weight than for her amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Her life was cut short, be- not because of a ham fucking sandwich, but because of the pressures of a society that valued conventional beauty standards over actual talent and intellect. Mm-hmm. That is the true tragedy here. If Cass didn't feel that she had to please the masses by yo-yo dieting herself literally to death, she would still be here. She would possibly have lived to see the body positivity movement that's happening now. As much as I think it's kind of bullshit. it's it's It's, it's got still, its pros and its cons. It still has its pros and she probably would have been all about it. Yep. As it stands now, I think Cass is starting to get a little more respect and recognition than she has been for the last few decades. But I still feel like she's kind of lost
2: Mm. in the
0: sea of fucking white men that are just all over the place. And getting so much more respect than Yo, we Cass can, We can we can
2: drop our Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Mm-hmm. We don't, like, I don't need we that. Can, we can stop worshipping Eric Clapton. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. We can make some room for Mama Cass. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Cass Elliot. Cass Elliot.
0: She broke barriers that no one else dared to. She dared people to look at her fatness and deal with it. They could either be disgusted by her and turn away or be charmed by her magnetic personality and make a friend for life. Whatever they chose to do, what they couldn't do was deny her incredible voice. Mm. A voice that can sing anthems for fat ladies everywhere. Yep. God. Celebrate this fucking woman.
2: Oh my god, can we please give Cass Elliot a little bit more fucking cred than I'm we do?
0: Very much on the Cass Elliot train. Okay, and I I really want to barrel it towards you know look at me <laughs> the the look at me explosion that right. comes after crashing your your train somewhere I guess but <laughs> look at this crash train but like she does not get talked about like yeah, enough I
2: don't hear with, much about anything about her except with, for the ham sandwich
0: yes and with <laughs> all of this like. Body positivity shit that's going on. Like, why have we not adopted Cass Elliot?
2: Yeah, as
0: a fucking icon. Yeah, you're right. Why haven't we done that? Because she has the been body com- positivity movements. got it's up and it's down. It does, but like, <laughs> somebody needs to be like, but look at this woman. She has not gotten
2: the fucking respect that she deserves. Right, and I think that's also. I think you're right. I think she's gotten lost in history, right? Where absolutely. there are these other people that have just taken over. I mean, yes, the white men, but also even like, you know, not through malicious intent, but like the Joni Mitchells and the Joan Baez's.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: they're kind of more celebrated because I think that they were more positively looked at back then because they fit the mold. And
0: like it's kind of crazy not because, that I'm
2: trying to put any shade on them
0: yeah but like it's kind of crazy because Cass didn't even really see herself as a folk singer right she, she just happened to end up in the mamas and the papas because she met the right people who yeah. were into folk and she was like I can fucking do this the right people quote unquote <laughs> the right people Ugh. Um, But, like, she just really wanted to be, like, a cabaret singer or a yeah. Broadway star. She could have been a fucking amazing uh, Mama What's-Her-Face from uh, oh, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. That would have been her fucking When role. you're good to Mama,
2: Mama's good
0: <laughs> to you. Exactly. She could have yeah, done she that done so that. good. She could have
2: been, like, you know, yeah, the Broadway star. Yeah, she could have done so star. much. She Honestly, it, it is, I don't really put that much on her for whatever you want to take from oh, it oh no i, I don't, mean, not i mean she definitely had the attention thing going yeah she really wanted but like attention. everybody needs a flaw her flaw yeah. was she really fucking needed also, attention it
0: wasn't like a, a fatal flaw or a tragic flaw it was just like she was that person she that really stories she just she spun a yarn and yeah, you know it could have been true it could have been not but like who really gives a shit because yeah. from everything i've read she had such an amazing wonderful warm personality that like if she lied about shit everyone was like whatever yeah it don't fucking matter She's she just, a great person. She She's just not ready to be anybody. around
2: in an era where she could have been more accepted for who she was. Oh, yeah. Instead of who she wasn't.
0: Yeah. And it really, it really kills me that she is not still around to see like what's going on, to yeah. see everyone be like, nah, your body's your body and you should love it. And yeah. if you don't, we can work on it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, just, you know, accept fat people. Yeah. Also, fat is not a bad word. It's
2: not. So, and I mean, in general, too, it's like I think most every woman and I, many men, you know, struggle with this weird body image, body mm -hmm. acceptance. Um, No matter what you look like, you could be bigger, you could be smaller, you could be tall, you could be short, whatever. Like everyone always feels like they should look different because from very early on, we are taught you should look this way Mm -hmm. and not being taught like. But you're not going to look that way because you're going to be a different height. You're going to be a different bone structure. You're going to be a color, different this, different build, different whatever, you know? Yeah. And like your genes are not going to have you look like this. Right. And that's awesome. Right. Because nobody should look the same. I mean, unless you're twins and then that's just genetics. You can't (laughs) fight it. Then there's there's nothing you can do.
0: And twins are great too. But yeah, like I I really don't think that's... Cass failed herself no it was 100% society that was that had the tragic flaw that eventually brought down Cass yeah way too early oh by the way like easily she herself is not a tragic person it sucks society that she is had, a tragic place yeah like it's it's 100% society that that pressured her into basically killing herself yeah yeah so that fucking sucks. Like, yeah. Like, I, fuck you, society in the 1970s, yeah. 60s, 70s.
2: I think it's the moral we learn from this is just let's celebrate people despite what they look like. Yeah. And we can all slowly learn to just accept how we look and honestly just be healthy. Yeah. And, and like, if your doctor's like, mm, but like, is healthy really being bigger? G- get into the doctor. Yeah. Like, don't let your doc. If your fucking tests all come back and your counts are great, your doctor can go eat a fucking dick. Yeah. Just be happy with who you are. We shouldn't have to fucking worry about our fucking weight. Yeah. Eat a cheeseburger and eat a piece of broccoli. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Balance. Balance. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. I think we've ranted and raved yeah, enough. I, I've been so angry this whole time. seriously
0: go on forever about body positivity movements and the good and the bad
2: and like you take the everything. good you take, you take the, take the bad, bad and then you have and blah 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 the facts, facts of, of the life. body movement facts and also
0: facts of life
2: um <laughs> but i think i think we're good think yeah we're good. we need to stop Let's pump the brakes we could go forever we, can. And
0: we should not no
2: so thank yeah. you guys for listening
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm like I'm very proud of this episode, honestly. No, this was great.
2: I knew nothing of Cass. And
0: people need to know about her more. She's amazing. And know about her outside of the mamas and the papas, which yeah. is
2: literally two and a half years I of her life. I didn't even realize how quickly that was. So, super quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to look up her solo stuff. Dream a Little Dream of Me is a fucking
0: beautiful song. She. Has such a gorgeous voice, oh, yeah. like listen to her outside of the Mamas and the Papas, because her voice
2: is astounding. And then she finally gets to showcase her talent; she yes. doesn't have to like stay play fucking second fiddle to John. Fuck John,
0: fuck that guy. Hope he's still getting fucked. We're stupid hats anyway.
2: Your hat's Any- stupid, John. Your hat is stupid, and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, if you we're infuriated by our laughter and our voices and our being mad about people being mad about weight mm. then you should check out our other episodes because they're pretty much the same at it's this a point. lot of
0: complaining it's
2: just a lot of hot takes and, and bitching and complaining yeah. well
0: we have a lot of well, we have a lot to complain about look inside. we're just gonna
2: call people out or see it <laughs> fight me but yes yeah, so there's a have- lot of bullshit in rock and roll guys turns out <laughs> and we're here to call it out what, fight we do, me. what
0: we would fight me
2: fucking asshole <laughs> all right here for, come for us yeah ah, ah. bring him back an oldie bring Come him back for an us. oldie but a goodie come for us but you can also come for us by going to our website <laughs> com, and there you can find our older episodes as well as our social media links which we have instagram facebook and twitter Maybe someday we'll have other stuff. I don't know. Social media is really overwhelming and I fucking we're hate it. We're trying, but we're old. I don't even think we're old. It's just that I'm lazy.
0: I'm lazy and I just don't wanna.
2: Like, you know what? We have full-time jobs and we research our shit and we edit our shit. Now you want me to do like another part-time job You want me to fucking make a TikTok? Media, figure out
0: Twitch. Ugh. Like,
2: ugh. I'm so lazy, guys. I
0: don't wanna. Well, maybe we won't. We're not even getting paid for this and we kind of are
2: we kind of are
0: actually <laughs> kind of speaking of getting paid for this stuff if you want to give us money to motivate us to make a tiktok and a twitch if you want us to make a tiktok <laughs> and a twitch then you can give us some money by going to patreon it's patreon.com slash rock candy and giving us a few bucks a, a month couple. and in return maybe we'll give you some swag yeah and also you get a bonus episode where you just hear us bitch about current um, events, current, ev- <laughs> current musical events. <laughs> as if you, you know, want to hear us bitch more.
2: You can do that. Well we do the research and we look up the news of the month so you don't so have to. So you don't to. have to.
0: But on that note. Yes. We have some new
2: patrons. We do have new patrons and they're beautiful Guys, and wonderful. We have new patrons. We do. We would love to shout out our friends, Kathleen and Catherine. Thank you so much. And like, we don't know you, so yeah. it's extra special. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> it's, we're like, oh my God, friends. So thank you so much for giving to our Patreon. Yes, no, thank you so much. You we really feel appreciate it. so special. It. Like, honestly, all of our patrons, you guys really help us out a lot just with like funding on different things, whether it's books, hosting microphones and maybe a new kindle for ashley but every little bit helps us so much for the podcast
0: kindle is god smacking it but (laughs) the most recent purchase (laughs) is uh new pop screens
2: yeah i think we sound better and we don't have to use a paper towel this
0: week oh my god guys it was a bad week
2: it's fine it's fine
0: i'm sorry i forgot the pop screen
2: we made it through we made it through it's fine (laughs) But, yes, thank right, thank you so much if you give to our Patreon. And thank you so much even if you don't give to our Patreon. Yeah,
0: just for listening. Because, you know like, what? downloads are, are... Downloads are love. Downloads are love, and they mean a lot.
2: Honestly, they do. So and by downloads, to... I
0: mean just, like, listening. Yeah, just listening listen to us. Listens are, are love. Listens are love. Yeah. Perfect.
2: All right, well, that'll wrap it up for this week. And next week, we got... Another interesting character to talk about. Mm,
0: a modern character. A
2: modern, interesting character. Mm. Very, very present day. Yeah. My gourd. This is
0: like current events. It is, like, though. an episode, it's kind of crazy. It is. It's be crazy. Like complete opposites. Yeah. From this week to next week. So, it'll
2: be fun. But also not. Oh. There'll be parallels. Oh. Social pressures, for now sure. Now I'm soup's intrigued. Mmm. Well, you guys love to come back next week to find out. But until then, party on Ashley. Party on Maggie. And party on you crazy kids out there. The on the
0: leaves are brown. And the sky is gray.
2: And the sky is gray.
0: For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done.